two more nights of it tonight, tomorrow night. So I hope you're prepared. I hope you're ready. Uh, ready in your heart to hear and to receive and do something with it. Pastor Bird, why don't you come preach to us? For the past couple of uh, days, we have exposed ourselves to information from the Word of God that clearly makes us, if you really take a good look at yourself, look inwardly, uh, you have to to come up with the truth that we've all fallen short. We've all come short of the glory of God. And, you know, you have to stop and consider all of what God requires of us to do after being saved. Sometimes you can be overwhelming. You know, there's a lot of information you've gotten in the past couple of days. It could be overwhelming if you're not careful, you know, as we strive towards perfection, as we go on to perfection. And, uh, and the, the, the big temptation is there's no way I can do it. And so I might as well just quit. I might as well quit trying. But God don't want us to, to quit. You know, he wants us to keep on moving forward and moving forward. And we started out at the beginning of, um, of, our, of the revival, talking about we need to get a, a fresh glimpse of God. We're in a damn time when folks are amused by different gadgets and things like that, and you have a lot of science fiction, and people get mesmerized by different things, and when it's all said and done, they go, well, that was just a cartoon, or that was just a movie. Uh, a movie uh, uh, picture. Uh, recently, uh, William Shatner. You know, I'm old, old Star Trekky. Okay, you you got your problems too. All right, so man, space, the final frontier. And you know, and they had all those different theories, and man, they really they really went out there. When uh, Picard came along, uh, there's some different episodes, and they're talking about the Q and all of that. And, but uh, just recently, just recently, he had a chance to go into space, just a little bit of it. And it just went up and came down. But all of those times he was acting about being on a, a, a spaceship, going to these different galaxies and places and things like that. And, and, of course, when you see stuff like that, especially with the special effects that they have now, you can hardly tell what's real and what's not real. And people, they'll look at that and they'll get all mesmerized for a little bit. But then in the back of their mind, they're saying, well, that's just a movie. I, I wonder, hopefully, hopefully we'll get the sound with the visuals. But I've asked the pastor if it's okay for me to play just a, um, it's, it's a little clip to kind of give you an idea of, uh, of, of, of what we are dealing with, who, who it is we, we're dealing with. It wasn't until my mom went home to be with the Lord, my dad went home to be with the Lord, that God began to reveal himself unto me in a, in a way he had never done before. And uh, I tell you what, it's, I mean, God began to show me. Willie, you don't have any idea who you're dealing with. You don't have any idea who you're serving. And man, I tell you what, God began to open up my understanding. I I began to get God out of my little box that I had put him in. And I tell you what, man, God truly, I keep saying this word, is awesome. Because if all these things are awesome, 
What word are you going to use for God then? It'd be good for you to slow down and say, you know something? Uh, I, I'm going to use some sacred words. You know, there's some things that belong to God. And, and I, you, know, you know, if you keep saying awesome cake and stuff like that, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> I might make you think I'm going to do it, but... But no, okay, I, you know, I know we get in the habit of doing that, but boy, it, it, it would really be good for us to get in the habit of using that word appropriately because God truly is awesome. So let me see if we can, do we have it up there on the screen? Can you guys see some of that? All right, we go, I'm going to, well, let me, let me read this there for a second. In, in, in Psalm chapter 8, it says, O Lord, our Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Down in verse 3, he says, When I consider the heavens and the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him?
Do I have control now? When you, when you stop and consider, that's just traveling in one direction. You're not talking about going out there, all the different linear lines. I mean, you can just go, travel out to. Man, it makes me want to sing, what a mighty God we serve. And when you sing that song, in the love of Jesus, something wonderful. Man, I tell you what, it takes on a, a new meaning when this, God created all of that. And it just makes me feel so small and so insignificant that God Almighty would send his only begotten son to die on a cruel cross for a sinner like me. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. And it's good for God's people to begin to get a fresh glimpse of God and see that it's not about us. It's all about him. It's all about him. It has always been all about him. The Bible says that through Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ, all things were created by him and all things were created for him. You stop and, and, and kind of let that wrap around your mind. <laughs> and then the next time you eat a banana. I mean, what's stopping God from eating a banana if he wants to? I mean, you can go and make a cake and you eat it. Right? I mean, what I'm saying is that God began to show me some things. God began to show me, Willie. You have no idea who you're dealing with. And I love you. And with me, all things are possible. Amen. This evening, I want to just visit with you and try to minister to you about our great God in heaven. He ain't done with you yet. Let's go to 1 John chapter number 3. This message tonight, I hope that it will encourage God's people for the saint that is discouraged and feeling so defeated, who feels that their life's work has been nothing but a waste of time. I hope you get encouraged tonight. It is for that despairing parent of a saved child that appears to have gone wayward from the Lord. I'm sure that that's a grief to any parent's. Any parent to see their child drift from the Lord. You find one of your children that has drift from the Lord. You can just pull them up and in love, wrap your arms around them and say, let me tell you something, baby. God ain't done with you yet. Amen. You see, children try to threaten you and try to hold you hostage. They say, love me better than I love myself. And I look at them and say, you know something? God loves you more than I could ever love you. And I'm let you let, I want to let you know that God's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. It's for that despairing pastor who often despairs for members of his flock who appears to have forsaken the Lord. Just say to yourself, God ain't done with them yet. Amen. And that's not a negative thing. 
for the Christian, you're going to see it's a positive thing that God has not done with you yet. For the depressed saint whose body is being wreaked with pain and suffering. I hate to see God's people suffer. I hate to see them in pain. But God reminds me, I ain't done with them yet. I'm not done with them yet. And we'll see how all of this plays out. Now, I was torn as to how to, ti- how to title this message because I know that there are some intelligent people here that you may not like the word ain't. Okay, so for you, God isn't done with you yet. But I like the title, The Expected End. There's an end that God has for his people. An expected end. And we're going to see what that end is here in a few moments. So I'll let you just choose the title. You know, God ain't done with you yet. God isn't done with you yet. Or the expected end. We need to get a good glimpse of God and see that he's a great and loving God. He's rich in mercy. The Bible says he's quick to forgive. And here in 1 John chapter number 3, let's go there. 1 John chapter number 3. And just look at this. We're talking about the one who spoke this world into existence. We're talking about the one who stepped on nothing and created everything. That he is our God. Amen. And he's not done with us yet. See, there's three things I want you to consider this morning. I mean, this evening. uh, That God is not done with saved people yet. God is not done with lost people yet. And God is not done with this old world yet. Here in 1 John chapter number 3 and verse 1 where the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him, Purify himself, even as he is pure. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not wishful thinking. It's an expectation of good from you. And Lord, we thank you for your precious promises. We thank you, Lord God, that you cannot lie. We thank you, Lord God, that everything that you said will come to pass. And Lord, every promise that you made to us will be fulfilled. And Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, even when we are not faithful. So, Lord, we pray that you'll meet with us tonight. I do pray that you would encourage your people tonight. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here lost tonight, Lord, they're trying to fake it till they make it. Oh, God, I pray that you'll grip their soul. Lord, I pray that you give them a Holy Ghost fear. Lord, that they would see their great need of salvation. And, Lord, that they would not leave this building tonight without coming to the place where they've trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I want to thank you once again for the pastor and his precious wife. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for all the laborers that labor here, Lord God. I pray that you bless them in ways that we cannot bless them. I cannot bless them, but Lord, you can. And Lord, I pray that you'll give them fruit for their labor. And Lord God, that you'll give them rest when it comes time for them to rest. And Lord, that you will give them a sense of joy as they serve you. Now, Lord, minister to us tonight, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this passage of scripture, the Bible clearly tells us 
that we are sons of God right now. If you place your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, his person, you have become a child of God. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. If you receive Christ as your Savior, you are a child of God right now. You are a son right now. You're not trying to get to be a son. There's nothing you can do to say, God, would you just kind of kind of bring me along? And I could talk about adoption. Uh, we are already a son. That, that whole thing about adoption was to give us full rights and ownership to, 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 to all the, the things that God has for his children. And that's why that's a legal term. But at any rate, I, won't, I don't want to get sidetracked off of that because I, I won't be able to catch that rabbit. But at any rate, he says, right now we are a son of God. You are a son of God right now. And the Bible says, it does not yet appear what we shall be. Amen. I want to say tonight, you're looking at me. You may say, boy, look at that. Look at that poor bird. Man, that pitiful creature. I look back at you and say, you know something? You're just as right as you could be. But God ain't done yet. Amen. God's still working on me. God's been working on me this September be 45 years. And if you're saved, he's working on you too. And my Bible tells me that he will complete what he's begun. Amen. He will. God is, he's not an unfinisher. He's going to complete what he's begun. But right now, it doesn't appear to be that way. When folks look closely at Willie Bird, I'm not like, I'm not like Ford. The closer you look, the better I look. Uh-uh. Man, the closer you look at me, the more defects you will find. You look, hey, you just live with me for two weeks. My wife can tell you about me. You're going to say, that boy's got some issues. Amen. We all got issues. Amen. Every single one of us has got issues. I'm not like Ford. Man, you get around me a little bit. Some folks, I just, I would just, oh, Pastor Bird, I would just love to be around you 24-7. I'm like, man, you're dreaming. <laughs> you wake up from that dream into a nightmare. Man, I don't like myself many times. And I have to remind myself that God's not done with me yet. You see, all these things that God requires of us, and if you get real with yourself, you'll find out, man, I fall short, I fall short, I fall short. I fix one thing, break five things. Go over here and fix that one thing, break another five things. Man, you're, and you're just forever, forever working on, on yourself while God's working on you. You know, thank God he loves us so much that he doesn't reveal what's wrong with us all at one time. You, would, you, would you like this? God, I want to fix everything. So tell me what's wrong with me. Remember we were just hearing about those light years? <laughs> God says, you know, you didn't have enough time for me to tell you what's all wrong with you. And God, in his mercy and grace, he knows what we can handle. He lets us understand what we are and, and our failures. And he, he's such a loving God. He, he doesn't tell us all at one time. He's okay, Willie. This, 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 and this. Now work on that. You get working on that and you get feeling good about yourself. And then next thing you know, you start patting yourself on the back. You're not careful. Let me tell you something. That's the quickest way to get in trouble with God. When you, when you start robbing God's glory, 
you on dangerous ground. Pastor, that's why a lot of those men that God used in the past and they build these great works, and next thing you know, you find them all messed up. They got too big for their britches. They forgot it was the God of heaven that prospered. Anything that Willie Burr gets done, it was God working in me, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Amen. God, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen. Great things he has done. Amen. You get to feeling good about yourself. And as soon as you think you have arrived, God allows something else to come into your life. Remember I talked about that pressure? That pressure, it squeezes you. It don't put stuff in you. It lets you know and everybody else know what's inside because whatever comes out is what's inside. And you won't know until it's squeezed. Just like toothpaste. Man, you want to know what's inside of a person? Put them under pressure. And all that stuff that's in them will start coming out. And God allows us to go through that because he's so good. He said, Willie, you don't realize how bad you are. You don't realize all these different issues. But I love you. I'm not going to let you know all at one time. I'm going to squeeze you. And I'm going to let, I'm going to let, I'm going to let, you know, sometimes God will send a person into your life just to squeeze you. (laughs) Man, you ever met that person? You don't care if you ever see him again? I know you do. I know that's some of you. I know that's some on your list. You'll go to Walmart, you see that person, and you go, I ain't nowhere I'm going down that aisle. So you go down 10, 10, 10 aisles down, then turn in, and guess who you see? That same person. <laughs> God squeezing you so you can know what's in you, so it can surface, so you can confess it, so you can call, confess to Him, Lord, I need you. Amen. God ain't done with saved people yet. Notice the declaration. He says, now are we the sons of God, but it does not appear what we shall be. That is his expectation. He says, notice here, in 1 John chapter 3, in verse 2, he says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But get this, he goes on to say, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When Jesus Christ comes into the clouds of glory at the rapture, Paul says we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's, that's our expectation. Hallelujah. Here it is. God's going to come into the clouds of glory. He's going to come as a thief in the night to rapture out the church, the dead in Christ, and their alive in Christ. And as we're going up, God's going to change our vile bodies to be fashioned like into his glorious body. Not only is he going to change our, our bodies, but boy, he's going to change our minds. That old man is going to be totally, totally, totally eradicated. Amen. When we get to glory, I'm telling you, when you get to glory, you won't have the same mind. Our mind is corrupt right now. Even in my best Even at my best, it's still corrupt. Because at my best, I hate to say it, but it's true. Willie Bird is still selfish. I think most of us would have to say that. The root of all sin is selfishness. When you try to take God of his glory, it's selfishness. When you sin against mankind, that's selfishness. Don't you know, little children... (laughs) <laughs> All right. especially, especially for uh, in a home, you got two children. Y'all with me so far? Two children. One does a crime and then lies about it. 
You know what they're saying? Who, who took the cookies? I didn't take them. They got crumbs all around their mouth. I didn't take them. Well, who took them? I don't know. The implication is it must be the other person over here. I'm telling you something, I hated as a child. I hated, I hated, I hated to get a whipping that I didn't deserve. Get my own whipping. I want my own whipping. If I'm going to get a whipping for stealing the cookies, let me steal the cookies. But boy, I, ain't get, I didn't want to get a whipping for a, a crime I didn't do. And, 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 and Pastor McGovern, I hated it in the Air Force when somebody else messed up and then I got to pay for it. You got these grown men, you got to babysit at the dorm. And they messed up and then you got you to babysit them. Like, man... Let me get in trouble. And let me let me get in trouble. And then I'll pay for it. But I hated that. I hated getting that. You you know, little children, listen. Don't be lying. Please do not lie. And you're really in trouble when it's just you, mom, and dad in the house, and somebody steal the cookies, and then mom comes and say, "Who took the cookies? I don't know. One me. Must have been daddy." And that ain't going to go over well, because that going to go in there and say, ah, oh, I know you're lying now. Come on in here and get this thing. <laughs> the declaration is that we're the sons of God right now. The expectation that it, we are not what we will be, but when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then the exhortation, notice here, the exhortation here in First John chapter 3 and verse 3, here's the exhortation. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is, he is pure. The, the, the more we see Christ's day approaching, you know what that should be making us do? Not only look up, but it should cause us to clean up. Amen. We should look up, clean up. Why? Because we're going up. Amen. And so here it is, as, as, that day, uh, as that day is approaching, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to being with the Lord, uh, either through the rapture or through the corridors of death. Now, you know, I already been, been volunteered for the rapture. So when Pastor McGovern said the rapture taking place, I said, no, no, I volunteer for that, so I'm going. If it's going to happen. Right? No, I'm just kidding, you know, I'm kidding. So, so uh, the thing is, as we see this day approaching, what we want to be able to do is go home in confidence. Amen. And, and we just get cleaned up, amen, get, just get cleaned up. And the way you get cleaned up, when, whenever God shows something's lacking in your life, I don't care how many times you've gone forward doing a service, get used to saying yes to God. Amen. Don't worry about what somebody else thinks. I remember I was in one church and down there in Florida, and, and I remember, man, God spoke to my heart and, and uh, nobody else was going to the altar. Me and my wife, we, we'd go to the altar, man. I tell you what, man, there were times I, I didn't even want to, I wanted the preacher to stop. I said to myself, you didn't said enough. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Please, oh, Lord, help him stop. Help him stop right now so I can go forward. Help him stop right now. He keeps going. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And then when he said, by your head, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm going up there. And I remember going up one time, my wife and I, we'd go up and we you know, we had an argument or whatever, man. We'll make things right at the altar. And I remember one time this guy says, I saw you up here last week. 
I didn't tell him, but I, say, I said to myself, yeah, why weren't you up there with me? <laughs> man, I tell you what, whenever God speaks to your heart, you obey God and get that thing right. Man, just turn that thing over, <laughs> dump that baggage and walk out of the house of the Lord rejoicing. Amen. I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. Some people said I was mad. And then some folks said I was sad. Man, listen, you ought to be glad to come to the house of the Lord and you ought to leave rejoicing. Amen. You ought to leave rejoicing. You ought not ever leave this place with a poor spirit. Get it settled at an old-fashioned altar. You see, God is not finished with his people yet. He is still informing his people. The Bible says, go in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Have you learned anything lately from the Lord? Amen. You ought to be growing in grace. We hadn't learned it all. I hadn't learned it all, man. I, you know, I was, we was amusing with Mitch. Mitch, we were just, we just talking. He said, the type of stuff we was talking, I'm not going to talk it over with you because I, I don't want to mess things up. Uh, I may have messed stuff up, uh, messed things up already. And Pastor McGovern's got to clean it up. So now Brother Bird meant well, but this is what the Bible says. Okay. But we were just musing. I love music. I love just thinking out of the box. I just think about God. You know, you see all of that, all of that vastness of space. You know, at one time I thought I was going through time, that God was going through time right along with me. Until God revealed, revealed well, I'm not doing that. I, uh, I am. I can go any place in time that I want to and focus it on. Amen. Then something else I learned. I learned that our Milky Way galaxy was spinning through space. And I was thinking that we was docked here. You know, wake up, all okay, the sun right there. We're still in the same place, okay? No, we're in a different location of space. That's amazing. We're supposed to be getting informed as we're reading the Word of God. We're supposed to be getting instruction as his people. We're supposed to be getting clean. God, God said, listen, I, I, I'm going to clean you up by the washing of the water by the word of God. Amen. God ain't done with you yet. God is still correcting his people. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, if you be without chastisement, you don't belong to me. Hey, come on. You've seen some of those children. Men out there. Just holding their parents hostage. <laughs> man, right there. Man, I, I, man I, I, my little righteous indignation just jumps up at me. I can't help it. Y'all, y'all pray for me. I feel a child out there going, no, no, no. I'm tempted to say, ma'am, let me help you. Can I help you? What did your mama say? She told me to do that. May I, may I do some correction? Help yourself. Pow, pow, pow. Don't you think you want to obey your mama now? Man, I tell you what. I look at some kids, I say, you know something? If you were mine, you'd be a little bit different. I remember Jonathan was cutting up one time over in Germany. He must have been about four or five years old. Man, I'm up there living a rip, man. I'm just preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. And Jonathan, he is having him a fit. He's just playing around, stuff like that. I went, I'll be right back. 
I walked on up there. Jonathan, those little big eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, and I, I didn't get all bent out of shape. And I just, come on, go with me, son. And as Jonathan was going off, he said, y'all pray for me. <laughs> I took him downstairs and warmed them bridges, brought him back up there. And guess what? Jonathan learned how to behave in church. Y'all got good people here, man. Look at this. Y'all just, man, I'll tell you what. Ooh, son. But he figured he could get away with it because I'm up there preaching. I had, to set, I had to set an example. And there was another little fella named J.R. His daddy went on TDY. He was giving his mama a fit. I went over to Miss Lavender. I said, Miss Lavender, can I help you out? She says, please, Pastor. I said, Jerry, come, come on, go with me. He's looking at me. He don't know what to expect. I said, I've been watching him. I knew he was going to try me. I knew he was going to try me. So I take him downstairs. I said, what did your mama say to do? And he told me. I said, I want you to go up there and do it. And I could see it coming. And he looked at me. He's like, No. Oh, what do you do that for? I went on convinced him. What, 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 what? He said, I talk calmly and act crazy. <laughs> Especially with boys. Hey, mamas, let me give you a tip. Boys respect action. They'll take all of that junk, all that jargon, all that talking. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. It's not until you put the rule to the seat of knowledge you know, then they understand that. But you have to do that. I've been doing something right here, man. I tell you what. We need to package this up and take it down to the lower 48, brother. <laughs> Amen. But what I'm saying is that God says, if you belong to me, I will not punish you. You see, punishment is sending a person to hell. He says, I will correct you. Amen. I call it corporal Discipline. I don't call it corporal punishment. That's the noise discipline. It's correcting you, getting you back in track, getting you back online. Amen. And it works. <laughs> These children trip me out. Oh, spanking don't work. I say, if I do it, it will. God is still chastening his people, and God is still changing his people. To what? End. To be conformed unto the image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. God knows that there are things in us that's unbecoming of Christ. And he will discipline us. He will allow pressures to come upon us. He'll let situations come upon us. He'll stir up adversaries, believe it or not, to get us all back in line, just like he did with the nation of Israel. We're being conformed into the image of Christ. We find that in Romans chapter number 8. But let me say that God is still not, he's not done. He's not done with the saved people, and he's not done with lost people. You know what God wants to do for a lost person? Well, let's get to the lost person. God is still seeking and saving lost people to add to his body. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number four real quickly. Ephesians chapter number 4. 
Galatians, Ephesians, chapter number four. I've just been having a great time with your pastor. Just fellowshipping with him and, and seeing how God has worked in his life. And, and Pastor McGovern, I want to let you know that this meeting has been good for me. I don't know if it's been as good for your people as it has been for me because it's really been giving me a kickstart. It, it really is. I'm going back fired up. And, 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 the, and uh, one of our members prayed. He said, Lord, uh, let, let, let Pastor Burr get refreshed. And, and it's happening. Amen. And uh, uh, here in Ephesians chapter 4, notice what it says here in verse 11. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith. You see, this church, God wants to unite in the unity of the faith. Amen. God said, I would that you all speak the same thing, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. He said, until we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, get this, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. God's given pastors for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is to get God's people working together and edifying one another. That is helping one another out, looking at one another and seeing their needs. And if you can meet that need, meet it. Amen. Amen. Just going on and praying for them and come alongside them. Instead of criticizing them, pray for them and do whatever help you can do for them. Amen. All of us just working together. As a united body, every member working together. That's his job as a pastor. And can I say this here? You know what, Pastor McGovern, I talk with him and, and, and I know his heartbeat. You know what he's doing with you? He's trying to get you ready for the judgment seat of Christ. He wants to be able to present you blameless. That's God's expectation for saved people. But God is still adding to his body. Hallelujah. Amen. There's hope for lost people. Amen. God is still adding to his body. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When you go out and talk to lost people, you talk to lost people and say, let me tell you something about God, my God, and his attitude towards you. Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 11 says this. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Tell them, First uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. There's a, a, a good man of God, he's with the Lord now, O Vincent Tucker. Met Vincent Tucker, led him to the Lord over there in Germany. And when we came back to the States, Vincent Tucker, he came back to the States. 
And he was one of the few members that kept in contact with me. And he always called me to encourage me. And every time he called me, when we got off the phone, I was encouraged. And he was telling me, he said that he was going to have a, a, some surgery. He was on dialysis and all that sort of stuff. And he was telling me, he said, well, I'm going, I'm going under the knife again. He said, I might die on the table. And he did. He died on the table. But old Vincent Tucker, we used to call him Big Bucks Tuck. Old Vincent Tucker, you talking about a soul winning machine. He was telling me about this one lady who had an alternate lifestyle. I think you know what I'm talking about. And she was hateful towards God. And she was rattling off towards her hate and spewing out her venom towards God. And as he was telling me the stuff, some of the stuff he, uh, she was saying, my righteous indignation started rising up in me. And man, Pastor McGovern, I was getting ready to, you know, I was formulating what I would have told the lady. And I was getting ready to tell Brother Vincent Tucker what I would have told her if it hadn't been me. But before I could get it out, he said, you know what I told her, Pastor Bird? Well, I'm being polite. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what you really should have told her. But okay, tell me what you told her. He said, I told her, how could you feel that way towards someone who loved you so much? And he witnessed to the young lady. And the lady started bawling. See, if I had done it, she wouldn't have been bawling. She may have felt justified in her anger towards God. But old Vincent Tucker, man, I learned from that. I learned these people need Jesus. They need to see the love of Jesus Christ. You know, we need to tell lost people that they don't have to stay lost. We should go out and, as Paul did, reason with them out of the scriptures. Learn as much scripture that you can memorize because not all the time you're going to have your Bible on you. But boy, you can have that word of God in you and you can begin to let God pull it out and you can begin to say, thus saith the Lord God. And it is the power of the word of God. Amen. It's the power of the gospel that saves folks. You go and you tell lost people, God ain't done with you yet. Amen. You got two ways. For him to get done with you. One is you can come to be on the Lord's side. You can be saved. Amen. That's what should have happened with the Musk fella, Elon Musk. You know, those people who represent, supposed to been representing Christ's band, had a good, a good opportunity to see a man that was sincere and sincerely seeking truth. And they didn't give it to him. We need to let them know that God's not done with you. God, you know, Elon, God's not done with you yet. One day you're going to die. And the Bible says, fear not man which has a power to kill you, but after that doesn't, doesn't have any more power over you. But you, rather, you need to rather fear him that after you're dead, he, he can do something else with you. And that's what we need to let folks know. There's a sure end for those who are outside of Jesus Christ. I'm here to say tonight... If you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and he's calling you to be saved, I'd come while he's calling. I'd come. Amen. You wouldn't have to play no five stands of just as I am for me. No, I'd come. Because the alternative is this. This is the end for those who are outside of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Revelation chapter 20. Let me show this, and then we'll get to this last point, and then we'll quit. Let's go to Revelation chapter 20. It would be good for you to memorize this passage of Scripture. Revelation chapter 20. 
starting at verse 11. We say to the wicked, God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He, he gets no pleasure. He gets no pleasure of people uh, going to hell. But he will let them go to hell. But he has no pleasure in it. That's why he sent his only begotten son to die in their place. As, as your pastor mentioned several times, he who knew no sin but was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you're lost right now, you're pretending to be saved, quit pretending. Get saved. Then you don't have to struggle. Remember I talked about that metamorphosis? That worm that had changed into a butterfly? And a butterfly has no problem flying because it's been engineered that way by God. But trying to get a worm to fly, you can drop a worm out and he goes zipping through the air. Wee, 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 I'm flying, wee. No, you're falling. <laughs> and one day it'll be a splat. For a lost person to try to soar like a Christian, it's just like that worm trying to fly. But once you get saved, whoo-hoo, man, the Bible comes alive. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Man, this book, whoo, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm living it. It, it, it. it gives you the nourishment that you need. Amen. Amen. But you let people know, so listen, hell is real. And hell is real hot. I grew up in Pensacola, Florida. We had these little tough guys. They were tough. They'd be walking around with their cigarettes, taking a drag. Then they said, let's see who's tough. They'd take their arms, bare arms, and put them together. That drop that cigarette butt off and that cigarette off in their, in their arms. And whoever flinched first was the chicken. And like, mm-hmm, sir. yeah, you flinch. I'm tough. I said, okay, you're tough. But let, how, how tough are you? You guys ever seen one of those electric barbecue grill things? They got glowing red hot? You guys, I said, let, let's drop one of those off in there and see who's tough. Can you imagine, not just your arm on fire, your toes, your tongue, your ears, your eyeballs, I mean, everything on fire. I don't want no one to go to that place called hell. And that's why we tell folks who are on their way to hell, you know, just let the Holy Spirit of God use you. I'll approach a person and I say, you know something, can I ask you a question? They go, what? I said, you know, if, if, if you saw that I was getting ready to drink some poison or I had drank some poison and you knew it was poison, would you, would you warn me? Well, of course I would. I said, if you knew of a cure for that poison, would you tell me? Of course I would. I said, especially if it was for free. Oh, absolutely. Can I tell you something? You're in danger right now because you've been bitten by sin. And sin brings forth death. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to die. There's a cure that works every time. His name is Jesus. The blood of Christ. 
I mean, you pull out everything that God will give you. You pull that thing out and you try to warn the wicked that they don't have to go to that place called hell. And you let them know. I would let me, <laughs> Elon Musk know, God ain't done with you yet, man. Now, his expectation is for you to go to heaven. Where do you want to end up? Because you're not going to cease to exist. That man knows something, Brother McGovern. He knows something. He knows all this other stuff ain't working. And so I hope he gets saved, man. I, tell you, I, I want everybody to get saved. I want the president to get saved, man. I want, I want all the people in the White House to get saved. There's nobody that I hate so bad that I want to go to hell. But now, God's not done with the lost person yet. And let me hasten to say that God ain't done with this world yet. You know, there's these people today, they're so concerned about climate change. They're concerned about the ozone layer. They're, they're, they're concerned about these asteroids coming. Oh, the end of humanity. And these so-called evolutions. I'm like, well, what's so bad about that then? According to you, man, there was one time there was no man then. What's the difference? There ain't no other man. But, you know, we just want the species to continue. Why? You're not going to be here to see it. <laughs> And people talk about, oh, yeah. When so-and-so goes, you know, you just keep them in memory. I'm like, man, I want to be alive while you're keeping me in memory. Man, I want to be here to hear you, hear all the accolades. I don't want you to name a street after me after I'm dead and gone, can't hear nothing about it. Go name it now. (laughs) Come see me now. Don't wait till I'm dead. (laughs) Come see me where I can talk to you. There are people that's worried about the climate change. You're seeing a whole bunch of stuff going on about that. And I want to let people know that, you know something, this world, this old world is going to go on for at least, at least another thousand and seven plus years. You say, why? Another thousand and seven plus years. Well, the church has got to be raptured out first. Then there's got to be seven-year tribulation. Then there's got to be a thousand year reign of Christ. And I, and I mean, right there, that's something, that's, you can dig into that. Then even after that, the devil's got to, going to be let loose for a little season. And what is a little season? What is a little, little season? I don't know what a little season is, do you? I don't know how much time it is. I don't know if it's two days, 20 years, 30 years, or what. I don't know. The Bible just says a little season. Right? So I'm not worried about this world being destroyed by some climate change, but it will be destroyed. <laughs> you talking about some real climate change coming? <laughs> well, let's look at the end. You see, God's not done with this world yet, but there's coming a time he's going to be done with this world. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned. Oh. There's coming a time when this old world is going to pass away with a great noise. My Bible says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I believe the Bible. I believe that one day, that old world is going to pass away. Some people believe that, some theologians believe that the, 
the earth is going to be renovated again. Well, well, whatever. I just believe there's going to be a new one. It's not beyond God's uh, capability. A new heaven and a new earth when dwelleth righteousness. But it's not yet. So when folks try to scare you, you know, they're controlling people today by, you know, through fear. Yeah, I mean, people, man, we're just scared. We're just scared, scared, scared. I got tired of being scared, man. I was a little boy, six years old, first day of school. I was so glad to be in school because my sister was in school. She had been in school two years before me. And she was telling me what, what to expect when I went to school. And so I went to school, didn't know anybody but my sister until I saw a good friend of mine, Lawrence Blackman. I saw Lawrence Blackman. And I was so glad to see him, I started smiling. There's this guy named Billy Griffin who had failed the first grade. <laughs> How did you fail the first grade? <laughs> he was a big old buster, too. And my first day of school, man, I'm there and I'm happy not knowing anything. And then he comes up there and he puts me on the windowsill. Wham, 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 wham. Ah, ah. It wasn't hurting. I was just going, ah, ah, ah. Then teacher got him off me and stuff like that. And I started thinking the rest of that day now, why didn't you hit him back? I said, the next time. I'm fighting. I can't help it. Anybody else here fight? You ever had fights? All right, well, okay, all right. Don't look at me like you didn't, you know. I got tired of being scared. I brought my sons up. Don't be, don't be fearful. You see something, you just address it. Amen. So we've been scared. And God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This whole world is going to continue on, but one day it's going to come to an end. But God's got a plan for that. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So when folks start talking about, oh, we're going to run out of water by the year 2050. So, well, I'm not going to be here. (laughs) I don't think, I I I just don't think I'm going to be here for another uh, 30 years. I just don't think so. I might, I don't know, I might get to be a geezer. Oh, geezer, man, we walking around trying to chase my wife around the house. Honey, slow down. (laughs) Get a smooch. So when they try to fear, you know, fear monger and all of that sort of stuff, they say, you know something, let me tell you something. It'll give you a witnessing opportunity. You can say, you know something, this earth is going to continue on for at least another thousand years. Well, how do you know that? Because Christ's got to reign for a thousand years. And then it's got to be a, a seven-year tribulation. Then the devil's got to be let loose for a little season. We don't know how long that is, so it's over a thousand and seven years. So don't worry about it. You're not going to be here. <laughs> right? Come on. Just reason with them. So, but you're here now. And when you die, where are you going to spend eternity? Well, I will deal with it when we get there. You know what I say? You will. But it'd be better if you deal with it now. Church, God's not done with us yet. 
You're saved. He's still working on you. Amen. How long will he work on you? Until the day of Christ. Amen. Being confident of this very thing. That he which has begun a good work in you. Will perform it until the day of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. He ain't done with us yet. He ain't done with you yet. So that means there's hope. When you start getting depressed about your failures, claim God is his word. He says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He said, listen, you come to me as often as you need to. And you talk to me and you get the help that you need. I'm not done with you yet. As a matter of fact, this is proof that you're making progress because you're coming to me. Amen. Don't let depression stop your growth. Continue on and say, God's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. Little children, God bless you. He's not done with you yet. Man, I'm looking at this future here. Ain't no telling what God's going to do with these young people. Put your hands and put yourself in the hands of God and let God just do wonders with you. He ain't done with you yet. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you, Lord God, that you won't leave us alone if we're saved. Lord, thank you, Lord God, that you continue to work on us. Lord, to work through us. Lord, thank you that you hadn't given up on lost people. Lord, you still want folks to be saved that's lost. Lord, you still want to add to your body. And you still want your body to be edified. And thank you for this great pastor, this man of God that you've given here to this church. Lord, to equip the church with knowledge and understanding and to help them to edify one another. Lord, thank you for Terry McGovern and Mary Ann McGovern. Lord, bless this church. You ain't done with it yet. Even though it's 33 years, you ain't done with them yet. There's still years to go for you to work through this church. Lord, I pray you'll meet with us as we yield ourselves to you and respond to you. Well, thank you for it. Here's the by nice close. Pastor McGovern, you come. happen to you when you die. You know where you're going. Because one day you will stand before Almighty God in judgment. He will judge your life. He will look at you. He will have a book open. It will show every single time you have sinned against Him. You will not say a word. He's just showing you why you are guilty. If something doesn't happen to change that day where you look perfect, you will be cast into a lake of fire. Something has to happen to make you look perfect perfect. And God provided a way for you to look perfect. God himself became a man 2,000 years ago. He walked on this earth as a man and he was perfect. The only one who can go, the only one as a man who could go to that judgment day and the father could say, you're innocent. You're perfect. He's it. But he lived that perfect life for you. When he went to the cross, He took your sin upon himself and the Father judged him in your place in order to satisfy the Creator, a holy, righteous God, to satisfy his justice so that he could save you. So he took your sin, the Father judged him in your place so that he could then give you his perfect life, his righteousness. But hell did not hold Jesus Christ. He is God. After three days and three nights, he rose again from the dead. If God judges you, for sin, you're not coming out. You're not God. You are there for an eternity. 
Is there any here say, Pastor, please pray for me. I don't know that I truly have been converted. It's been bothering me lately. It's been bothering me the last couple of weeks, maybe just today. You see, I don't know for certain that heaven is my home and I need you to pray for me. If that is you, would you raise your hand for me? Anybody here like that? See, just raise your hand for me. I see a couple of small children. Anybody else? If you did, I see a couple of small children. I do see you. Anybody else say, Pastor? Christian. Well, our life is all about the Lord. Look at the, the greatness and how awesome the God is that we serve. And to think that that God knows you right now. Even though He created all things, He knows everything about you. Everyone here, from our teenagers, God knows everything about you. I mean, isn't that amazing? And he has chosen to love you. He desires that walk with you, that fellowship. He is what life is all about. Amen. Whatever it is you're going through right now, he knows. He's right there. If you have something you need to come and pray about here this evening, you come and pray. Father in heaven, bless this invitation, Lord. I pray to be glorified and honored. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Page 509, if you want to come and pray here this evening, you come and pray.